Tunalema kulila misozi Nikayanga na banja latu Kupadwa tinabatwa mushe Koma lelo lipazulika Nikale tinakalapo okonwela Lelo eka Tutikumbukila kweta chokela Amai kubutika mutima Koma zoti tazisoa Ni maona misozi masomwake Ni mafuto abale ni mafuto Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio. It is January 11th, 2020. We do welcome you to our second show of the year, and we trust that this new schedule is working uh, for you. We just thought that we make a little adjustment as we begin the year. Uh, this was primarily to accommodate our colleagues uh, on the West Coast and other things also. Because, interestingly, today our guests are joining us from the great state of California. We shall, we shall be getting to them as we go here. Um, remember what we said last week. We'll be beginning another show on a Sunday afternoon called The Entrepreneur. The idea is to highlight, to bring to attention and let people know about people that are, are doing extraordinary things, running their own companies their employers, and what contributions they are making uh, to the economies of where they are, Canada, Europe, United States, uh, wherever it is and wherever they are uh, living. Okay, before I welcome our guests here, uh, let me say hello to my colleagues. Uh, Uncle Talks, Canada, I believe it's, what, two feet snow there? (laughs) Well, not so much snow. Uh, We're Mm -hmm. expecting minus. 20-something today. Oh, uh, not so much snow, which is good. But uh, it's going to uh-huh. be cold. But it's my weekend off, so I'm not complaining. Minus 20, is the, and that's not Fahrenheit. That's centigrade, right? That is uh, centigrade. Yeah, it should be around yeah. minus yeah. 2, even Fahrenheit. We're talking about yeah, I know. something minus. I know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, that's cold. That's very cold. Hi, Bela. How's Atlanta? Atlanta is a little too cold for my liking. <laughs> oh, look at <laughs> this guy. Uh, <laughs> I think it's lovely like our, our rooms, but right now it feels like it's been taken away. Okay, okay. That's interesting. All right. Um, you all remember that last year we were honored to have um, um, uh, distinguished gentlemen from the Los Angeles City Stentorian join us here to discuss a partnership with uh, um, an organization in Zambia. I'll, I'll let them tell us uh, what that organization is. We'll be getting into that. Everybody, good morning. Uh, Noah, Dr. Monsanto, and everybody. So we'll be getting into that. So in February, we hosted uh, Inspector Durant and another colleague, a gentleman of his, and they talked about their partnership with Lusaka donating some equipment, fire engines, after the visit of the First Lady, and all that that went with that. Eventually, uh, Inspector Durant took a team to Lusaka and they delivered the equipment. So this is a follow-up discussion just to see where things are and how that relationship is going. 
And we are so honored and glad to have Inspector John, uh, Gerard Durant with us and the gentleman, Mr. Jonathan Bowers. Uh, gentlemen, welcome back to the show and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, before the show ends, we shall give you some Zambian names, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how was your trip, uh, Inspector Durant? How was the trip? Uh, the trip was too short, as you can, you know, as you know, we want to be on the ground a little bit longer. But for the first time going to Zambia, we were just mm. really, really pleased with uh, the people, the land, and what we were able to accomplish in a small amount of time. Okay. You were there for, what, five days? Yeah, it was probably six days, actually, you know, um, on the ground. You know, there's a day and a half of travel going okay. both ways. But um, it was too short. And uh, our next trip, we plan to spend a little bit more time uh, there mm. to continue the training and, and getting the lay of the land and finding out how we can just help the fire brigade over there increase their professionalism and their contact mm -hmm. with the community to make sure that everybody knows it's a um, honorable job. It's a job yes. that you don't always get credit for, but um, it's about getting the stuff right, staying safe, everybody going home mm -hmm. in the evening or whenever you go home. So we That's just right. want to bring part of the things that we learned here over mm -hmm. many, many years and, and share it with them. Excellent. Okay, now you, you are aware that, that there was so much vibe in the media, social media, online, print tabloids and all that about all this. So the idea is to clarify and shed light on some things. Let's, let's begin by, first of all, what are the organizations comprising uh, this partnership? What are the organizations here involved? Uh, two, part, two groups, actually, the um, Sister Cities of Los Angeles and uh, Lusaka. Mm -hmm. That was that was the main uh, group that actually kind of put things together and got the fire department involved, and they called us because we're the African-American fire service here in the city of Los Angeles, the county of Los Angeles, and we were able to um, get – you know, get the rigs and make sure they were okay. Actually, uh, the, the one engine from the city of Los Angeles was fully stocked with equipment, hoses, mm -hmm. nozzles, forceful entry equipment, everything that it could go online. I mean, it just was taken offline as a couple of weeks prior to us shipping it. So it was in the field, and it was at a, a busy firehouse as well. It was a uh, a place where they get maybe 20 to 30 runs a day. So it's just mm. a good service vehicle. It's it's there. It does a lot of great work, and uh, we drove it around, and it's it's going to be impressive. Okay. Since you are explaining the, that big rig that you're talking about, we we might as well get into this other question. Tell our listeners what what equipment was delivered and how it was shipped. So uh, how many fire engines or vehicles and things like that? What, what, what equipment was delivered to the Lusaka Fire Brigade, and how was it shipped? Uh, it was one uh, fire engine, C-grade fire engine. There was one 
what we call a brush patrol. It's a smaller vehicle that holds water that can get into tight spaces and off-road. And then there was the crew carrier. It was another off-road vehicle where if you're having a large campaign, you can put your uh, members in there and tools and uh-huh. equipment and take off and go wherever you need to go off-road. So it's something that you can go into the bush with. Okay. How was this? How was the stuff? What you call it? How was it shipped to Zambia? Because there was, uh, you know, in our time today, you know, Inspector uh, uh, Durant and uh, my brother Jonathan, you know that social media they can do anything. They can shop or photo. What do they call it? The brochure. Shop of Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah, they can Photoshop. Now, what I would like you to clarify is that. Uh, amongst everybody else, even my colleagues here will probably confirm. I saw on social media uh, pictures of a C-17 type of a military cargo plane. You know those big military planes that that deliver military equipment for. Uh, is that what was used? Was that an authentic picture? Uh, Jonathan Jonathan Bowers was uh, part of the logistics uh, head of logistics. He'll explain all that to you. Good morning, Mr. Jonathan. Um, Good morning. Our our guest is good afternoon there. Uh, Yeah, I was the logistics officer for this project, and I can assure you absolutely positively these vehicles did not go on an air transport. Uh, I personally handled the shipping uh, processing to put them on a boat uh, from the west coast of the United States to uh, the east coast of Africa, to Dar es Salaam, out of, uh, from Los Angeles to Dar es Salaam. Uh, it did uh-huh. not go on, uh, on an aircraft, and we funded all of this. There, there was no cost whatsoever to the Zambian uh, taxpayer, to the government whatsoever. This was all funded by our organization, uh, Los Angeles Stentorians and uh, L.A., Los Angeles and Soccer Sister Cities. And also, uh, in, addition, in, in addition to the... Um, the apparatus, we sent uh, uh, breathing apparatus, the, the tanks they wear when they go inside of a, a structure, you know. We sent 50 of those. We sent uh, a number of uh, what we call turnouts or the safety gear that they wear and other equipment, which includes mm-hmm. saws, uh, forcible entry tools, and so on and so forth. So it was, it was quite a bit of equipment other than the, uh, the, uh, the vehicles as well. Excellent, excellent. Mr. Bowers, you need to understand that the statement you made right there is very important because, as you are aware, when Alicia reached out to me, actually, me and I chatted about this, there's been a lot of speculation about this having been a cost on the Zambian government. That is very, very important, and I greatly appreciate that. Um, my, Roger, everybody, Bella, if you want to come in, just just please jump in here as we're, we're having a conversation with our gentleman here because I know you may bring out some things that I may not have written down myself. And everybody joining us, good morning. You are listening to Zambia Block Talk Radio. We are speaking to our distinguished fire officers, uh, Inspector Gerard Durant and Mr. Jonathan Bowers from the Los Angeles City Centurions. Uh, who made a trip to Lusaka to deliver fire uh, fighting equipment. And we all know that story, the first lady visited and everything else. Um, I don't know whether you want to continue on this thought, uh, um, uh, Brother Jonathan. Uh, one of the things that 
uh, the, one of the concerns through the pictures that was raised is about the age of the equipment, particularly the fire engines. Uh, please tell us when this equipment was manufactured, its lifespan, and uh, what, what would it take for the Lusaka people to take care and look after this equipment? Okay, uh, sure. The equipment was manufactured in 96 and 97. Um, okay. With, with basic maintenance, a diesel engine will run, you can put well over 500,000 miles on a diesel engine. And basic maintenance just means oil change and fluids. Mm. Um, these, were, these rigs were maintained, and uh, myself and Inspector Durant, we personally oversaw uh, the mechanics going through these vehicles just to make sure they were uh, in, in good shape for operation uh, in in uh, Zambia, uh, so we oh. personally oversaw that. Uh, again, the lifespan of them can be indefinite with basic with basic maintenance. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Obviously, like you have already pointed out, that uh, your visit uh, was short. Uh, could you share some of the things that you observed? Uh, as the immediate needs of the Zambian firefighter service. What are some of the things that you you observed? Uh, did you go to other towns or you were just in Osaka? Well, we, we did go to, to other areas and we we, um, we observed quite a bit. Uh, the fire service, is it varies around the world. And obviously some mm. of the things we do in Los Angeles is a little different than in Lusaka. <clears throat> and also, uh, the, the service delivery and capabilities depend on, on funding and what have you. What we, um, what we did notice, there are some things that they don't do in Zambia that we do in Los Angeles. For example, mm-hmm. uh, when we have uh, developments com- developers coming in to build high-rise buildings or residential subdivisions, we require them to purchase or to um, – supply either fire station and or equipment. They don't do that in Zambia. What we, what we did do, uh, we presented a, some um, innovative information to the Zambian government, and we're hoping that, that they're able to adopt this and work with us on an on a, uh, indefinite basis to fulfill these things. And this would offset some of the costs. Uh, public safety or firefighting equipment and, and um, personnel, it, it's actually very expensive to uh, mm. provide such, especially at, a, at, an, at an adequate level. It is very expensive, and it doesn't matter where you go in the world. Um, but we've come up with some innovative ideas that we hope uh, that the Zambian government will embrace, that they'll work with us, because our, our commitment to this, uh, we are committed to this endeavor, and uh, we hope that we have an indefinite relationship with uh, Zambia uh, Fire Brigade. Mm. Excellent, excellent. I like that part where you say different relationship and innovative ideas, and, and I'm sure you went to different places in in in, in Zambia. Uh, you obviously experienced that drastic situation in in Zambia, gentlemen. Of course, it doesn't compare to LA traffic, and I'm raising this point because it, it's almost like a similarity. Um, what, the question I'm trying to raise here is that what advice did you give your colleagues on the practices of how to be effective and efficient in a traffic in a what what's the word I'm looking for here, Roger? Uh, <laughs> in a, in a, a jam. 
In a traffic jam situation, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you do well, that okay. in Los Angeles every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you asked that question. Um, also, what we think is necessary for Zambia are, are more public service um, announcements. For example, when we're responding, the people didn't know to pull to the left to let the uh, emergency vehicles go by because we actually caught a fire when we were there. We responded to a structure fire, and we noticed that the people were, uh, in, in several cases were confused. They didn't know whether to pull to the left, to the right, or they would just stop. But if you pull to the left, since you guys you, you guys drive on the left side of the road, we drive on the right. Um, yes. So we pulled to the right, but in, in Zambia, you guys should pull to the left and let the apparatus uh, get by, be it an ambulance or, or fire engine. Uh, we also responded to a major traffic accident where there was unfortunately uh, multiple fatalities. Uh, what we saw was that the Zambia Fire Brigade was lacking uh, basic equipment mm. and, and some training, which, you know, again, that goes back to cost and what have you. And, and again, we're, we're committed. You know, we want to uh, provide the training and whatnot for the uh, Zambia Fire Brigade uh, uh, based on what we do here in Los Angeles. But uh, we were able to manage this uh, major incident, and we were able just to see a lot of details that we would not have normally seen had we not uh, been involved in uh, such a dynamic situation. Uh, the Zambian firefighters are outstanding. Uh, mm-hmm. However, you know, they could use more training and equipment. You know, period. Excellent, excellent. Did you get to go to the fire training uh, institute? Is that what they call it? Uh, the fire training place, school there? No, we, we we didn't have a, we didn't have a chance to do that. We kind of worked right there on the ground level with um, in Lusaka, and mm-hmm. basically we had to familiarize everybody with equipment, how how to pump, how to draft the water, how to put hose lines into operation. Uh, plus, we had a ton of equipment for forcible entry and things like that. I think what we have to understand is hard to compare what we do in Los Angeles with Lusaka. I mean, yes. we've been in, you know, we're we're we got 4.3 million people in the city of Los Angeles. It's 473 square miles. It's a big uh-huh. place. We have high rise. We have low rise. We have very dense areas and sparse areas. We hills. And things like that. So what we do is is so broad, I can't expect the Zambian Fire Brigade to do all the things that we do. But over a period of, of time, because we even affect uh, medical emergencies, we have paramedics, we have basic life support teams. So our stuff is a little bit dynamic, but what we can bring to the table is a way to look at the future and to continue to building on the skills, the knowledge, and help their abilities mm-hmm. to provide a full service, all risk type fire brigade. Okay. You talked about uh, part of the equipment that you delivered is this, uh, what do you call it, this fire rig. Uh, I'm sure you observed that those high rise buildings in the Lusaka city center or downtown, um, how uh, is the rig that you delivered able to go to reach up to the to the I mean, to the <laughs> to the highest limit of those uh, skyscrapers? I mean, the high-rise building that you saw. So the the way it's set up is that, and uh, we still have to 
kind of get an observation. So when we have high-rise fires here in, in the States, yes, the engine basically takes the water from our hydrants, our water systems, and goes through the engine, and we pump into the building system so that the building doesn't run out of water to suppress the fire. That means you mm-hmm. have sprinklers, you have things like that. So here in Los Angeles with our high-rise and the things we do, that engine is able to pump into the standpipes and give you as much as much water as that you can deliver to the engine. It can send up uh, several several flights of, of, of floors there. So there's some mathematical calculations that you use for mm-hmm. pumping water above ground at that you know those heights, but that engine is able to do anything in Lusaka that you needed to do. If the infrastructure is there, it can make it happen. Mm. Excellent, excellent. All right, gentlemen, we this is the information that you have shared is very important and it has cleared quite a number of issues. Uh, I don't know if my colleagues have got any questions for you, uh, Bela, Roger. Yeah, Noah. I have. Um, I have two questions, um, Inspector Durant. Uh, this is Roger in Court, Canada here. Uh, How are you doing, oh, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> but I can be better in a warm country like Zambia. Um, yes, sir. The first question uh, is on the funding. Um, I'm sure you saw the need of funding uh, back home as compared to where you are. <clears throat> um, any suggestions uh, did you take to your brothers uh, in in Zambia on how well we can fund our um, the whole emergency system. I'm sure you saw it is the, uh, almost anyway, I'm a skeptical guy non-existent. <laughs> um, any suggestions you took to the guys uh, how we can probably fund um, of course government is uh, uh, the big player in this um, but I don't know uh, the fire um, systems in the United States. If you are able to to, to find uh, funding other than that which comes from the city or from the federal government, <clears throat> that is number one on funding. Number two, away from uh, firefighting, uh, what we are also um, pushing as members of the diaspora, it is a, this new phenomenon, new relationship with our brothers and sisters, uh, the African Americans in the United States. Um, where do you see this relationship? Uh, it may come through the fire, um, uh, the, the, the fire arrangement, uh, but do you see this partnership growing even further? Um, maybe in the fire systems, but away from, even from the fire systems. Where, where do you see our relationship uh, heading to? Okay, well, I'm gonna have uh, Johnson jump in here, but um, I'm gonna I'm, he's he's gonna give you your opinion, but I'm gonna talk quickly about the relationship and the ongoing relationship and the thing that we want people to understand is that we haven't forgotten the continent you know the dynamics here in the USA is way different than in Lusaka so some of the things we cannot look at it the same way our relationship for us we feel it has to continue indefinitely our goal only one thing is to share the knowledge, skills, and abilities that we learn here. Make sure that we can help deliver a good product when the fire brigade comes out, whether it's a traffic accident, 
a fire, mm. or just public service, making sure the young folks know how to do certain things. It's it's an ongoing thing. It's not something that you can just do today and, and leave it to um, grow on its own. It's something that we always are looking for improvement uh, medically and physically, how we do things. So I'm I'm ready to come. I'm ready to come every year. And all right, all right. Yeah, let's keep on moving together. Yeah, good to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with regard to to finances and what have you. Again, like I stated, to maintain a a, um, a uh, quality or high level all risk organization, it is expensive. Yeah. I, I think again, things we need to look at again on how we do some of the things we do here is you put a lot of the cost on, on private entities as well, you know, developers and so forth. It doesn't all fall on the taxpayers. And there's actually monies available through uh, organizations like um, the World Bank, uh, USAID, and so forth. And a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of governments don't realize that, they're, uh, especially like with developing countries, there are funds mm. available that are, you have to apply for. Um, one of our goals is to work with the Zambian government to acquire some of these these uh, innovative funding. It's called. Uh, we'd like to work with the Zambian government. And 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 again, I think uh, uh, I can speak for everybody. Our trip to Zambia, at least for me, it was it was life changing uh, to come to the motherland and and just give back to our brothers and sisters as we were stolen from Africa over 400 years ago. And this was like returning home. Uh, oh. So we, we are dedicated and committed to this, and it, it's 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 a it's a personal endeavor as well. It's not just an organizational endeavor. Uh, you know, we we know we can provide a lot a lot of assistance and what have you for Zambia, uh, uh, and and also um, with with regards to building the infrastructure, we actually connected with one of the local colleges over there. And we, it's very important that we maintain that and build, uh, build that relationship as well as a mm. conduit, if you will, to provide training such as emergency medical technology and other fire technology courses. Uh, in, in the United States, many of the fire uh, organizations here, we, one of our primary duties is to respond to medical emergencies. And we see that uh, Zambia Fire Brigade, that's not their, one of their mainstays. But uh, that could be a major improvement to the um, to the organization and uh, 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 your improving your service delivery and uh, how you serve your, the, the public as well. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Noel, you have a question? Yes, yes, I do. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yes, uh, good, morning. good morning. Yes, my 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 question is, I was a little. I was a little curious, but I don't know if somebody has already asked this question or not. But I was kind of curious on how you gentlemen um, compared to working in Zambia with a fire truck without the fire hydrant. Because I know here in the streets, almost every street has two or three fire hydrants. So it's easy for the fire truck to pull up at the fire hydrant, hook the hose up, and boom, boom, boom. Things are happening. But in Zambia, we don't have fire hydrants. So did you find that as a big hindrance in you working or turning off a fire because you did not have a fire hydrant? You had to put fire in the in the trucks and then go with the trucks, which were already heavy, and so on and so forth. Did you find that as, an, as a hindrance, or did you figure out a way of making it easy 
for, for to, to extinguish a fire without having fire hydrants on the street? Well, the, the fire that we responded to, fortunately, it wasn't a, a major fire. It, it wasn't, uh, you know, like a commercial building, if you will. It was, it was a uh, single-family residence. So we had adequate water. But what we did observe um, is that the, the primary hose that they use for fighting fire in Lusaka or Zambia hmm. is a much larger diameter than what we use for our basic fire attack. So you're using a lot more water uh, than may be necessary. Uh, our, in, our, um, in our observations, we noted if they change some a few things. For example, the rig we we brought is it's 500 gallons, and I'm not uh, that's probably about a thousand liters, I believe. And the Lusaka fire brigade vehicles carry a lot more water, but they carry less equipment. Uh, uh-huh. so I, with some reconfiguration of equipment and so on and so forth, you could use the water um, more sparingly, if you will, and get more get more out of it. It can be more effective by using less water, if you will, depending on the, hmm. the equipment or the, the, the whole diameter, the, the way you would deliver the water, if that makes sense to you. Uh, there could be some reconfiguration that we think would um, you'd have a better effect on it. But, yeah, that potentially could be a big problem in a campaign fire without fire hydrants. Now, however, kind of backtracking, when these developers build buildings here, we require them to put in hydrants and, and water mains and things like that. Otherwise, they can't build their, their, their malls or high-rises or, or, or residential subdivisions, and that's something that's not done in Zambia, and that's probably a good idea uh, to, uh, to make some changes with regards to building construction and what have you to require the developers to put in water mains. So I want to add on to that. Uh, when we looked at the situation, yes, as as trained firefighters here in Los Angeles, you're always looking for the hydrants because you know that that's our savior in a sense. What mm-hmm. we were able to do is to take the fire engine that we have, which is a little bit different than the, what they mm-hmm. have there in Lusaka, and merge those two things into working together. The water that one has, added to the Mm -hmm. water that we have with the right size hose. I mean, when you get into hose and diameter and water, it's a lot of physics involved in it. And what you can do with a smaller hose instead of a bigger hose, you can manage a a lot of things. But we're able to show them how to use both rigs to get one result. We also show them how they can draft. That means they can put hose, uh, they can put something in, in a water source like a lake or river and pump that water out, put it through the engine, increase the pressure, and create a, a firefighting line. So there's a lot of science and there's a lot of stuff there. Yes, we believe that in the future, as things get developed, having mm-hmm. developers put in the extra infrastructure as it moves out into the country and however you guys do it there, it will help in a sense. But we we always have to adapt and overcome the situation. So Looking at the equipment, we found a way to mirror the equipment and, and attach them like an umbilical cord, and it actually worked. So we came, we overcame that very early on in our observation of what we're going to do and how we can help them. So as the future comes, we'll continue to work on how to mirror what they have and put together what we send over, what we could do. So we looked at that as well. 
Okay, let, let, let me just thank to you. follow up on that. Uh, thank you, Norway. Just to follow up on that, if I may understand clearly, are you saying the horses used, the horse used in the Lusaka fire uh, engines is bigger than the one you use in LA? So in Los Angeles, we have we have several sizes of holes, okay? We have okay. an inch line, we have an inch and a half line, we have an inch and three quarter, we have a two, two and a half inch line, and we have a four inch line. Each mm-hmm. hole size specifically does certain things. Now, yes. if I go to the two and a half hose line, that'll take two people to hold on to that hose because uh-huh. it puts out 250 gallons of water per minute which is basically, in our terms, it's a beast to hold on to. Now, if you go <laughs> down further, an inch and three-quarter puts out 200 gallons per minute at a certain pressure. Then when you get to the inch and a half, it's a little bit more manageable. The inch line is still a little bit more manageable that, and it's able to get into smaller places, around corners better. So there's some science involved in what you're dealing with as far as the structure, what kind of uh-huh. fires you, you're dealing with. Vehicle fires, you want to use the smaller hose lines because you don't need as oh, much okay. water. If if it's a big fire and you need to penetrate, using different types, different types of nozzles, different types of pressure, more water. So the water supply sometimes dictates how you're going to fight the fire as well. I'm going to fight the fire. Okay. Yeah. You just you just explained the other question I wanted to ask about the size of the fire determines the size of the hose uh, that you use and all that. That's interesting. Very interesting. Learning quite a bit here. Um, gentlemen, any any other questions? Uh, Noah, Bela, mm, Dr. Patrick? Okay. There, there are no other questions. So, gentlemen, as we, we seem to be... As we uh, probably wind up here, I know my colleague in uh, Canada is already. Nathan, yes, yes. Nathan. Go ahead, Dr. Pat. Mm-hmm. Nathan, I have a, a few comments and a few questions. And will, will the brothers be able to stay with us in the next program? Um, I think they are working. Oh, <laughs> yes, that... I mean, uh, let me tell uh, when you say. Listen, we want to. I mean, we stay we stay in the hotel downtown, but we're, we want to we want to be with the people, and it's, that's that's because there's more conversations. You sitting around the table late at night, or just outside, kind of talking. We we want to understand everything we can about Lusaka and how to approach growth in the fire service and fire brigade. I mean, there's a lot of stories that you know you can talk about. And that's, no, that's not one that, of the things we're looking forward to. Not that, my brother. I meant for the next program today. Are you going back to work, oh. or will you be able to hang around? Well, when, when is the pro? Is it coming right after this? <laughs> yes, yeah. on top of the hour. Okay, we're yeah, here. Yeah, we're here, we're man. Here. We can yeah, we're here. We can okay. Talk, man. We're okay, okay because, yeah. because I have a lot of um, comments, and I, I'll probably run out of time. No, no, go ahead, Dr. Pat. Okay, all right. The first thing is I would like to congratulate you, my brothers. You're doing an outstanding job. I am extremely, extremely impressed and happy that we have the opportunity 
to follow up with you both. It's it's you you guys are great. You guys are very great. Okay, my um, we we're going to consider this as part two on a continuing dialogue with you. So this is just the beginning and the continuation of what we're going to do with with you and the entire program. Uh, most of the questions that I had had to do with maintenance and equipment, and you've covered that with respect to the Zombie or Fire Training School. Uh, and you also covered uh, what's present, was already present in Zombie when you arrived with respect to the firing engines. So my my question has to do with, will you submit a report as to your findings and and what happened during your travel and your experience in Zambia. You, you, you said, are, have we submitted a report, or are we going to? I missed that. Are you? Yes. Are you going to? Actually, yes. We are preparing a very comprehensive uh, follow-up report of what we what we experienced, what we saw, what we did, and so forth. Uh, we are going to submit that. We're, we're in the process of working on that as we speak, and we'll submit that to the uh, Zambian government and to Zambia Fire Administration. Outstanding. Will, we, will Zambia Blog Talk Radio be able to get a copy, or will it be published so we can review it also? Um, uh, I mean, we, we don't have any <laughs> – as far as we're concerned, yeah, everybody needs to see it. Yeah. Everybody – you know, the, this whole thing, building this, this program is, is about involving all of the stakeholders, which are the government, businesses, residents, everybody, the schools, because uh, this is for the people. Yes. Okay, and, here, and this, this question this question has to do with um, – how receptive was the Zambia Fire Brigade professionally and socially to to you being there? Uh, I'll tell you this. Those brothers and sisters over there were great students. They listened. They took notes. We touched. We practiced. We felt the equipment. We used the equipment. There's so much. I mean, it takes it takes 22 weeks to train a firefighter mm-hmm. here in the city of Los Angeles. We had mm-hmm. five, days. five days. And in that time, wow. in that time, in that time, from not knowing anything about our fire apparatus, the engine, to being able to put the engine in service, wow. pump water, draft water, administer a, a firefighting line at the right pressure, we did this in a short period of time. That means that the fire brigade students were just excellent. Yeah. There's so much more to see. Firefighting is, it's a science as well. There's physics yes, involved. There's so many things. There's the color of the smoke, what type of materials you, you fighting, how deep, how far. So with the little bit of time that we had, it's amazing uh, how much work we got accomplished, even using the breathing apparatuses, how to make sure wow. you put the breathing apparatus on well, fast, efficient, things wow. of how to treat the people in the public. It's so much there. And we didn't even get okay. into the EMS side of it, which is uh-huh. the emer- uh, me- emergency medical part of it. Well, that's, that's a that's whole other part of it. 
That's yeah. my next question. You you've already established or beginning to establish a college connection. Are you also establishing a hospital connection? Well, at, at some point we do. We that that is actually we actually have a, a strategic plan that we develop that we'd like to present to the Zambian mm-hmm. government, uh, and that would cover pretty much everything from A to Z with regards to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disaster preparedness, uh, uh, fire, fire, fire rescue, and disaster preparedness. Uh, mm-hmm. It would have to encompass the hospitals as well, because for obvious reasons, if there's a uh, a, a large scale incident where there's multiple victims, if you will, they're, they're going to need emergency medical care. So the mm-hmm. hospitals should be um, uh, uh, designed or prepared to handle such incidents. So you you can't exclude yes. them. This this would actually you you need the hospitals. The police, as well as yes. fire, you know, every, everybody has to be involved in this to to really make this thing successful. We have to encompass and, everyone, and we're not, we're not we have leaving out the public. We're, That's we're right. not going to leave out the public too, because the public having uh, people know how to recognize different illnesses, first aid, how to call, how to make sure that you deliver the right messages at the right time. When something usually happens and it's catastrophic or somebody in your loved one, people get nervous. They don't know what to say. There's a lot of little things. And even how you dispatch, how you make sure you take in the call, get what you need. So when you send it out to the firefighters that are en route, that they get the right information so they're prepared. And even in our situation here in Los Angeles, it still gets wrong sometimes. So your firefighters have to always be ready to react to different situations, even if you're going there for what you think is one thing. And, and, and part of that plan is actually for the firefighters to educate the public as well. Because uh, oh. here, one of the programs we have here in Los Angeles is called the CERT program, a community emergency response training. Uh, mm-hmm. So therefore, when we have a, a major incident, you have multiple rescuers there, if you will. So it, it's important to educate the public and, and again, and bring them in on this. Oh, you, your brothers are on it. I have two more questions. Dr. Patrick, let me jump in here. There's one thing that you mentioned, uh, Mr. Durant and Mr. Bowers, about when you participated in 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 a fatality or a fire situation, I don't know which one it was, you mentioned that the motorists or the people on the road didn't know what to do or which side of the road to go. So basically, you see that there's a deficiency of information on the part of the public about how they are supposed to respond or react in a situation like that. Uh, to whom do you put that responsibility on? Well, I, I, I think that probably um, uh, there's, there's multiple entities that may be responsible for this. The local mm-hmm. government, the the uh, the the, the the federal government or the country's government itself, but I, and and also some of the other local agencies, uh, you know, again, police, fire. Um, I don't know if Zambia has, say, like a Red Cross or what have you, but there it should be um, that information should be disseminated on multiple levels um, to get that out there to the public. And also, what we noticed in Zambia was that during an incident. People like to crowd in on the operational area. If they they have to understand, if they stay back, stay back, uh, that will lessen the chance for them getting hurt. There's a lot of activity. Firefighters are moving in and out. There's equipment moving around. It's a very dynamic situation. 
if they just stay back, mm-hmm. stay back and let the let the the personnel do their job, it works out a lot better for firefighters and for the public. Uh, we've researched other incidents that have occurred in and around Zambia where where bystanders were injured, say like from a, a tanker, uh, uh, a, a gas tanker truck exploding, and there were fatalities Ooh. from the, the people standing around. They should get back. When you have those fires and things like that, get back. Do not crowd around it. Stay away from it. That's the best thing to do. Stay back. Mm-hmm. So those are some mm-hmm. of the things. The, the public information or, or public service announcements that need to get out there. But it's a, it's a multi, um, I guess, a multi-level uh, concern, if you will, for, for the people responsible for getting that information out. Or who should well, I have, I have two, two more things that I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. I'm, I'm so impressed with you, brother. Uh, the, the first thing is uh, Zambia Blog Talk Radio doesn't have a lot of money, but um, our diaspora does. And hopefully, um, with um, Nathan and Roger's permission, we can establish a Zambia Blog Talk Radio um, Fire Brigade Fund to help help you guys in some way or manner. Uh, the, the second thing is Zambia Blog Talk Radio also have an extensive connection throughout Zambia and throughout our our um, diaspora, and what we can most likely do in getting the word out is there are organizations. I don't I don't know if you met them, but in Zambia it's um, called Women Women for Change, and there's also a YWCA uh, established throughout Zambia, and they are very good with dissemination of information and and how you would like the training pieces to be circulated. So those two things. I, I think we can do in in uh, in preparation for your third visit to Zambia and third visit to Zambia Blog Talk Radio. Mm. I, I think that's outstanding. Yeah, any any funding uh, available would be great because it should be a partnership as well. And and there, we want to work on multiple sources of funding to to bring this up to a 21st century. Uh, fire rescue organization, uh, an all risk mm-hmm. 21st century fire rescue organization. Not to mention, mm-hmm. not to mention the political connections um, throughout the the province and the district in Zambia. If, if we could uh, tap into those connections we've made to assist you and help you uh, move as you deem appropriate, it, it, that'd be great. We could do that too. Yes. Yes, excellent. Um, oh, uh, I want to I want to touch on the political aspect of it a little bit. I know the governments have to be involved, and I think when you look at firefighting, remember mm-hmm. there's, there's no politics in firefighting because it's mm-hmm. the human being that we're concerned about, and it doesn't That's matter right. who they are, how they look, how they smell. It's about them. It's about making sure their heart is working and their breathing is working, how can we save that life, how we can preserve that life, and that's really the main thing. Unfortunately, sometimes politics gets involved with certain things. People want certain things their way, that way, but the bottom line is we're there, and the fire brigade is there to protect the public, the human being, and it's really any life. I mean, we've done CPR on animals as well. We pulled animals out of rivers, airlifted them out of mud, so it's it's the life 
part of it that we're really interested. And the other thing is just there because we they're there. See, yeah, that's, 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 that's your that's job. job. That's, mm-hmm. that's your job to protect the people, and it's our job to get rid of the roadblocks and barriers, politically speaking. So if you that's encounter true. roadblocks, uh, we, we would like to help in removing those roadblocks because they'll always yes. come up. And it's always helpful to have somebody to handle the political side while you do the the human yeah, resources yeah, and human nature side. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's take one more. For, let's take one more question. Yes, <laughs> let's take one more question before we conclude the discussion here. Uh, we'll be going into open forum on top of the hour. Uh, Uncle Daniel, go ahead. Thank you, Vanessa, and uh, and I joined the program uh, in the middle of the the program. I would just like to say thank you to our guests, and it's very refreshing to hear uh, uh, them talk about the fire. And uh, they have already spoken; they've already talked about the things that I want to talk about. And I just okay. want to thank you for your service. And the thing I'm real impressed about it is to share knowledge with the Zambian people and the physics involved and all the information that involved. And very quick, uh, I'll do it, I'll make it very quick. I really appreciate you, firemen, because you know, it's, some of you, you have uh, your computer sciences, some of you, you are uh, uh, business people, and uh, uh, the place where I live, I interact with a lot of fire people. You can't even tell this is a fireman. But like you said yourself, you are there to save the lives. I was involved in terrible accident, and it was winter time. After they dig me out of the the, the, the the embankment, I came and the fire marshal me sitting in a vehicle, and I was so scared because I was I backed up traffic from one o'clock to four o'clock because they had to wow. take me out. But nobody judged me. Nobody took any. You know, they are there to to save the people. And that information that needs to be spread, the way you American firemen do uh, take that uh, thing. You don't put politics on it. You are there to save the people. And I do a lot of fishing. And when we are doing fishing at the, the tournament, you are there too. And uh, I really appreciate you firemen uh, in the United States. And thank you very much for your service. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very well. much. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Well, uh, Inspector Durant and uh, Officer Bowers, we do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. A lot of information has been shared. You've clarified a lot of things. And uh, like my brother Daniel has said here, we've done a lot of learning here as well. And I think we also have to play a role in some of the things that you have raised. What probably we need to do, Roger, is to, uh, to bring our city leaders from Lusaka and raise these issues that Inspector Durant and Officer Bowers have raised, so that, like Patrick has said, that will also be our role in helping with the situation there. Um, any final words, Inspector Durant, Officer Bowers? Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. We're looking to return. We're looking to uh, just be a part of the family. Yeah, um, we we just fell in love with, with Zambia, and... Um, just working with the fire personnel and what have you, it, it, felt, oh. it, it felt as though we already knew them. 
you know, um, and this is, it's actually an honor to come to Zambia, you know, for the government allowing us to come in and, and be a part of um, uh, building your, your fire rescue infrastructure. We're absolutely looking forward to coming back, and we're just delighted and uh, really excited about returning and building this, this relationship. Excellent, excellent. If you're able to uh, make available that report when it's done, that would be an honor for us to look at it and see how we can contribute. And I would, I would, I would not forget to do this. Please tell Miss Alicia she's phenomenal, efficient, and I just appreciate the way she does things. Oh, absolutely. We do too. <laughs> we do too. <laughs> yeah, she she knows how to do her stuff. She knows to do her stuff. <laughs> yes, Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good weekend. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Um, for me, uh, we have the five minutes here remaining. Um this issue is, 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 is very common in Zambia. Uh, who should I? No, I haven't said anything on the Bela. Um, the gentleman talked about this issue of, and you know this, all of us here know, this is what happens back home. When there's an incident, people crowd into the situation. You, you heard him say that. Um, Chairman, we have work to do here to try and participate in this, Dr. Patrick, by, uh, what's the word, community uh, participation by telling the people how they need to respond in an emergency situation. No, I want you to comment on that. You, you are a Zambian. You know what used to happen when there's an accident, when there's a fire. We tend to draw towards the, uh, the scene rather than backing away, like the officer said. Yeah, yeah, that's true, because actually I have a little bit of emergency preparedness training because I worked for the Red Cross for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I understand exactly where they're coming from in terms of how to respond and things like that in an emergency. I think to the gentleman's point, saying that they are willing to stay on, I think, engage the Zambian government in sort of um, keeping the people informed, because I think what stood out to me was the uh-huh. fact that uh, Zambians don't know how to uh, respond when they see an emergency vehicle, whether it's to stop or to go to the left or to the right. Yes. So I think yes. it has to do with a lot of education. But, yeah, I, I agree with this gentleman because even here in Indianapolis, from time to time I wake, I used to volunteer at the Indianapolis Fire Department uh, uh-huh. alongside with the Red Cross when we would team up, I mean, installing smoke detectors. So I'm very familiar with how these people operate. I'm just happy that at least they were able to to come on the program and at least shed some light to clarify some of the, I think, the smoke that we thought we knew, but mm-hmm. at least now yeah. I'm happy with what yeah. you've said. Yeah, actually, it's, it's, it's been very informative. And, you know, the, when, when the office manager, Alicia, the lady that I mentioned, Dr. Patrick, reached out to me that I wanted to come and clarify some of the things that were going on in the media about the misconception about this whole thing, uh, we've ended up talking about a lot of things. I think what in my opinion is that ZBTR can play a role here by community. I don't know why my mind is going blank about words I'm looking for. Is it age, Dr. Patrick? Mm. <laughs> um, we can play a role in this. <laughs> You're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> 
I think this is something we can take up better as a radio show and try to do some community. Uh, I'm glad to hear uh, what's the name, uh, Noah say you've got some training in this, so you can sort of help me or help us uh, to prepare or structure a discussion or an interview towards this. Because you cannot have, there's an emergency or a fatality somewhere and the fire emergency personnel cannot go through. Um, yeah, people yeah, also, yeah, yeah. So, so, sorry, Nathan, let me just come in and That's okay. for a few seconds. Yeah, so you see, even in, during the Hurricane Katrina, I mean, up here in Louisiana, mm-hmm. there was sort of a, FEMA is, of course, the government agency, and you have the Southern Baptists on the other side, you have the American Red Cross, and we had a lot of, I mean, response units. But the problem mm-hmm. that they had uh, during the Katrina incident was mm-hmm. that there was no communication. Because when FEMA wow. got on the ground, the American Red Cross thought that FEMA was going to take over. So even right now, when okay. I was talking to some of our people here, the, the lack of coordination and communication is not only in Zambia, but that was just part of the problem in, I mean, in, during Louisiana. It's basically a human, it's a human it's a human thing to try and collaborate. Uh, as we wind up here, what I was thinking is, um, I don't know you guys uh, uh, who are from Lusaka. I'm thinking about the way Lusaka is structured. The Chilanga, Makeni area, that area going towards Kawe Road, that area going towards Mumbwa, Avondale, Chelston towards Chongwe, the airport, all those areas. Uh, I just want, I, wanted, I didn't want to be unfair to them, Roger, by asking them how many fire stations are in Lusaka, but we can find out that. I know there's a fire station right in the center of town, there by opposite Evelyn Horn. I don't know how many other fire stations are there, and of course there's one at the airport. Okay, let's all call back in and uh, join Roger with Open Forum. Thank you for your participation. Uh, remember, February, we're going to start a show we are calling The Entrepreneur. All right, let's all call back in. <laughs> 